Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome. This is Mark Mascola. I want to welcome you to Powerless to Powerful Live. First of all, I want to welcome the men who are, uh, who are the members of our Powerless to Powerful Men's Mastermind. Uh, this is a brotherhood of men who have traded being powerless over their addiction for it being powerless over them and their families. And uh, I will, uh, I'll talk a little more about that in a, in a little while. Um, it is a, uh, it's, it, you know, it really will be some of the things that I, I will, in the long and short of it, uh, I'm going to kind of guide you to in, in, at the end of this because uh, when you hear uh, the topic, I'm, I'm going to throw out uh, a topic and some problems, um, and then I'm going to talk about some solutions. So uh, first of all, like I said, I want to welcome our Powerless to Powerful Brotherhood, and if you are someone else, uh, another man that has been given some information, whether you saw this on something we do on social media, whether somebody that, uh, uh, you know, somebody that cared about you, somebody that you bumped into, somebody that you interact with, somebody that you saw in a meeting, somebody somewhere gave you some information and to, uh, to get you here as a guest, man, let me tell you, I sure am glad you were here too. Um, before I get started, let me tell you, I'm going to give you a couple of disclaimers here. This is, don't construe any of, anything that I talk about as medical advice. It, it's not, and if something offends you, you know, you'll have, to, you'll have a couple of options. You'll either uh, get offended and, and hang up, which is cool. Um, you will, uh, you'll get offended and know that there may be something that you need to raise your awareness and listen to. Um, or you'll really dig the content, and uh, any of the three are cool. Um, I've learned years ago, learned years ago, um, you know, the, the message that God put in my heart and the music that I sing as it relates to being successful in recovery, it's not something that, uh, that everybody wants to listen to. It, uh, um, one of the sayings that I talk about all the time uh, when I talk about the disclaimers is from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, there's, there's and I'm not a, what they would call a big book, thumper. Um, I can't repeat all the stuff in the book, but I do know that there's uh, you know, part of that book where it says, you know, the one thing that can keep a man in everlasting ignorance is contempt prior to investigation. So open your mind, open your heart. I've got some information I'm going to talk about here that uh, really the purpose of this call, um, you know, there, there are a lot of men. You don't have to look very far to see how many people especially men who are struggling with addiction, my purpose in, in what I do, I, I can't help a guy in active addiction. You know, I, but I can help a guy if he steps across the line, I can, help him with his, I can help him with his recovery. And my goal here and the purpose of this call and all the things that I do is to raise the percentages of men who realize the rewards, the rewards of long-term recovery. Um, and... Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's kind of where we're going with this. So um, why should you listen to me? Um, you know, I've, today I'm, uh, today's a big day for us. You know, I'm celebrating 22 years in recovery today from, uh, you know, 22 years ago today. I was, uh, I was a, a patient at a drug and alcohol re rehab center, and, and, you know, my life just wasn't working. You know, I... Uh, my marriage was coming apart at the seams. My business was crumbling. I mean, I was a failure, and I believed it. And uh, I, uh, 
went to treatment. I knew I needed to get uh, needed to get something fixed for this. I went to uh, went to treatment and, and got that thing taken care of. And uh, I learned something early on, uh, and it's one of the things I'm going to talk about tonight. That uh, uh, that first step that says I admitted I was powerless over my addiction. Uh, that first step doesn't say powerless over my life, and and I understood that early on. And so for 22 years, man, I, I have adopted that as my truth. Um, and again, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna push the limits on some of the stuff that you'll hear. I'm gonna push, uh, you know, I may push some buttons with you that that may make you angry, and I hope so. I hope I raise your awareness to a new possibility as it relates to your recovery and your life because of your recovery. Um, I don't screw around with this. This is life or death for me, and and um, I hate it, but I pray that you view it as life or death for you as well. So today's tonight's topic. Um, tonight's topic is 15 reasons men struggle with their recovery and what to do about it. And uh, these are things that I've learned over the last 15 years as a life and recovery coach. You know, I, I create resources to help guys get better results in their life and, and awaken their masculine souls to reconnect with God. Whatever you choose to call me, I, you know. Uh, a coach. I, I do a do a lot of stuff. I mean, obviously, I host this podcast. I create online courses. You know, I do group and one-on-one coaching. Um, anything, right, to help a guy quit struggling with recovery. Because I'm going to tell you, addiction is struggle enough. The goal here is not to struggle with your recovery. Um, you know, I'm an expert in the little-known science of positive psychology. It, it's something that I ran into. You know, in my first year uh, of recovery, and and I just I was fascinated by it. Instead of trying to figure out where psychology tries to figure out what's wrong with us, positive psychology really figures out what's right with us. Figures out what our strengths are. Figures out how to help us honor our core values. Figure out what 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 is in each of us that that makes us unique and puts us on a unique journey. Uh, to connect with the heart of God because, you know, hell, we're only going to be on this earth for, I just turned 57 and, and uh, you know, I'm planning on making it, um, making it to 100, but, you know, it's half, half my gig is up if I make it to 100. So, you know, I, after, after my bout with, with addiction and then a couple of years ago, my bout with cancer, you know, I just vowed to live with a passion like never before, and so um, I want I want to raise the percentages of guys who not only realize the rewards of long term recovery, but don't white knuckle it the whole way. I mean, guys who are successful as husbands and fathers and businessmen, and you know, understand personal and spiritual growth, and and uh, understand God God put you on this earth for a reason. You know, there's a, there's a purpose for your recovery and a purpose for your life because of your recovery. So let's jump right into the topic, 15 reasons men struggle with recovery. And let me tell you, when I sat down and put, put together the outline, I mean, hell, I could have put together 40 reasons, right? Or I could have talked about five. But I, I settled on 15, and, uh, and here they are. And these are kind of in no order, but the first one is the first one for a reason. And the second one, I guess, is the second one for a reason. So what's the, what's the number 
one reason men struggle with recovery. Are you ready? Here it is. Number one, the number one reason a man will struggle with his recovery is that he has not made a decision. If, if you're, and, and let me, guys who go through my programs, guys who, who I have helped over the years, guys who listen to me on this podcast, and, and I, I'm really direct and to the point. I don't have time to sugarcoat stuff. Uh, you know, that's one of, one of my personality colors is, is the red personality color. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm fiery and I'm passionate, and, and uh, I, don't, I don't sugarcoat stuff. And when we're talking about recovery and life and death stuff about recovery, I, I don't sugarcoat it because I know early for me I needed somebody that was willing to tell me the truth so I could figure out what my truth was. Because I had been lying to myself in active addiction for years. And let me tell you, if, if you're stuck in a perpetual relapse, you're lying to yourself as well. And you're lying to those around you as well. So the number one reason, and, and here again, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. The number one reason that men struggle with recovery is they haven't made a decision. The word decision means to cut off all other options. If you're relapsing, you have not cut off all other options. That's just plain and simple. And we could end the call right now, and if you go out and you make a decision to change your life, because you're going to cut off all other options other than staying clean and sober, your life will change from this moment forward. I made a decision 22 years ago today that I could no longer live the way that I was living. And I understand this whole one day at a time thing. I get that. But one day at a time is not set up for me to live my life one day at a time. My, day, my one day at a time means I don't use for today. I have a vision that's a lot bigger and a lot farther down the road than one day at a time. So the number one reason, haven't made a decision, haven't cut off all other options. Number two, men struggle because they're not willing to go to any lengths. Right? When I was in treatment, my counselor, James, rest, God rest his soul, asked me the question, Mark, are you willing to go to any lengths to stay sober? And I, when I answered yes to that, what does that mean? That means when I went through my bankruptcy and my divorce, I, I was going to stay clean and sober. I, I was willing to go to any I had made a decision. I was willing to go to any lengths. A couple years ago when I had to go through the bout with cancer, had to have throat surgery and, you know, had a near-death experience with, with a busted artery in my throat, Woke up in the middle of the night with blood just gushing out of my mouth. I had to go back in, surgery again, chemo, radiation, all that. I'm telling you, that, that stuff sucks. But I did not let cancer and cancer treatment, I managed my pain. I managed my pain with ibuprofen because I, I was not going to flush 20 years of recovery down the road, down the toilet for some damn little old cancer thing. People have died. My dad died. I, I stayed clean and sober. My house flooded 
two years in a row, I stayed clean and sober. Why? Because when I answered that question, I was serious about it. Right? Men, men, men are not willing to go to any lengths means they want results for actions they're not willing to take. So, number one, had made a decision. Number two, not willing to go to any lengths. All right, number three. And let me give you a disclaimer here. If you hear me coughing and choking, it's because I've got a big hole in my throat because of cancer surgery. So um, that's one of my, my disclaimers that I don't uh, I ought to throw out earlier. But if you hear me clear, clear my throat, that's what's going on. Number three. The number three reason men struggle with their recovery. It's because what they believe about it. And I'm going to jump right in here, and I know this is going to piss some of you off. But listen to what I'm going to tell you here. You're being lied to at 12-step meetings. Oh, my God, I can't believe he said it. Well, I did. You're being lied to at 12-step meetings. But let me tell you, not by people who are trying to hurt you. The sayings that are repeated at 12-step meetings, people repeat them for the wrong reasons. Those are the lies that are being told, and I'm going to roll through some of them here. (laughs) If I only got what I deserved. Well, let me tell you something. You do get what you deserve. You make good decisions, you're going to get good results. You make bad decisions, you're going to get what you deserve. The good stuff may just take a little longer to show up, but make no doubt about it. You make good decisions in your marriage and in your parenting, you're going to get good results. You make bad decisions, you're going to get bad results. So the number one life, I only got what I deserve. Well, you do get what you deserve. Number two, don't have any expectations. Let me tell you something. You better surround yourself with people who have expectations of you. I'm, I've been at this 22 years because my kids expect me to stay clean and sober. The woman that I love who's been sober coming up on 21 years, she expects me to stay clean and sober. My mother expects me to stay clean and sober. The men who go through my programs and I talk to on a regular basis, they expect me to stay clean and sober. You better surround yourself with men who will help you raise your expectations of yourself higher than you're willing to raise them of yourself. Another lie that you're going to hear is all you got to do is just don't go to don't use and go to a meeting. Well, that's good advice, but there's a lot more to it for a guy like me. I can be a superstar for an hour at a meeting. I can be a spiritual giant for an hour at a meeting. How how am I in traffic? How am I when I'm waiting in line at the grocery store? How am I when I, when when you know something crazy is going on at home? How am I when I need to deal with a, an issue with my kids or when my vehicle's broke down? You're supposed to learn how to act at a meeting and then go out and do that, right? Another saying: You're not that unique. Well, let me tell you, yes, you are. God only made one version of you. You are unique. 
What that saying means is that some of your problems are not that unique, right? The addiction thing's not unique. Your relationship issues are not unique. Your financial issues are not unique. But you are. God only created one powerful version of you. I already touched on this one one day at a time. That, that, that saying is meant for you not to use one day at a time, but if you run a business, if you run a household, if you're a husband, if you have kids, and all you do is plan your day from now till the time the sun goes down, and you wake up and start over tomorrow, you're not going to be very effective at the other stuff. You may stay clean and sober, but one day at a time, one minute at a time, one hour at a time, however you chalk that up, is all about not using in that time frame. This whole, you know, that, that saying, another one of the lies that you're being told, you know, the person that got up the earliest this morning has the most recovery. Well, let me tell you, horse shit. There's not, nothing farther from the truth. If I'm going to take my guidance in my life in recovery, I'm not going to take it from the guy who got up the earliest today. There's a concept of quantity and quality, and both of them matter. And the biggest lie of all, and this is what men believe about their recovery, the biggest lie of all that you're being told is that you're powerless. I touched on it earlier. The first step says powerless over my addiction does not say powerless over my life. I told this story last week. I'm going to go ahead and tell it again because it's a powerful story, right? Story about an elephant. What, what, is, what the hell does an elephant have to do with recovery? Well, I think we can all agree, and the elephant is the most powerful land animal on earth, right? And I'll be quick telling the story. Most powerful land animal on earth, right, can carry – 100 grown men, that's like 18,000 pounds. You know, how, how do they train an elephant, right? They, they, they chain its leg to a post or a log at a very young age. And over time, that elephant becomes conditioned to the fact that he's a captive. Somebody helped that elephant create a belief. What does that have to do with recovery? So let me tell you, is that elephant really powerless or does that elephant just believe he's powerless? When you look at the eight key areas that every man's got a master, number one is personal. I'll roll through these real quick. Um, so number three, what they believe about their recovery, the lies you're being told, all the way down to, to this one. Um, biggest lie of all is that you're powerless. Number four on the list here is that men don't understand the first step. And that's what I was just talking about. They, they think they know what it says, but they don't understand what it doesn't say, right? It says powerless over my addiction. does not say powerless over my life. There's eight key areas that every modern man must master. Personal growth, relationships, finances, physical wellness, mental clarity, nutrition, recreation, spiritual connection, and life's purpose. Recovery is, is, is one of the greatest personal growth platforms ever. And that's why I say all the time, it begins with personal growth, comes full circle, spiritual connection, and life's purpose. 
So there are eight key areas every man must master. That first step says powerless over my addiction. And I'll roll through these real quick. It doesn't say powerless over my relationships. It doesn't say powerless over my finances. It doesn't say powerless over my physical health. It doesn't say powerless over my mental clarity. It doesn't say powerless over my nutrition. It does not say powerless over my recreation. And does not say powerless over my spiritual connection and discovering my life's purpose. So number four of the 15, they don't, men don't understand what the first step says. Number five on the list, they don't understand the third step. They don't understand this whole concept of turning their will and their life over, and this is another one of those things, the God of my understanding. Well, let me tell you something. Guys who go through my, the Power 12 program my 12-step program, the one thing that I helped them realize really early on in the third step, that if you understood God, you would be God. So there's no way in hell you can understand God. So when you're turning your life over in that third step, you're turning your life over to the God of your understanding and to a God that is beyond your understanding. And here's what I learned. If it works so well with my addiction, 22 years ago I turned my will and my addiction over to the care of God as I understood and the God that is beyond my understanding. If I turn this addiction thing over, which if I label that as item number one, my personal growth, because addiction absolutely – if you think you can – there are men in this world who can drink, who can, who can go out and do the deal, right? But if you're a true addict and you think you're on a path of extreme personal growth, but you're still stuck in addiction, that's one of the biggest lies you could ever tell yourself. So I learned that when I turned my addiction over to the God of and beyond my understanding, if it worked so well and he removed that thing, why wouldn't I turn the other seven areas over? Why wouldn't I turn my relationships over to the God of and beyond my understanding? Well, guess what? I did. I turned my parenting over. I turned my, my, if you read my, any of you who follow me on social media, if you read my social media post today, you know, I turned my relationship over and, and am now blessed to be in love with a woman who I could have never, I could have never imagined how connected mentally, physically, and spiritually I could be to a woman uh, until I turned my relationship with her over to God. I, I turned my parenting over to God. But let me tell you something. Turning stuff over to God doesn't mean God's going to do it for you. When I turned this addiction thing over to God, God didn't go to meetings for me. God didn't get a sponsor. God didn't work the steps. God shined a light on the path. I got off my ass and did all the rest of it. So God's not going to do for me what, I, I can, what I'm supposed to do for myself. God will light the path, and there are plenty of curves in that, on that path that I can't see around. But turning my will and my life over to the care of God that I understand and I don't understand doesn't mean that he's going to do the things. I can't do the things he does. He's not going to do the things I, I do. Physical health, 
How are you with your nutrition? How would your life change if you turned just your nutrition over to the care of a God that you understand and the God beyond your understanding? I can tell you, your life would, would, would change drastically. Mine did. All right, so that's number five. They don't understand the third step. Number six, they're scared to death of the fourth and the fifth step. Terrified to unearth all the things they did and tell another man what they did. Again, when men go through our Power 12 program, we've got a handful of them going through it right now. When we make it to that fourth and fifth step, the fifth step says, admitted to God, to myself, and to another human being the exact nature of my wrongs. What's the nature of my wrongs? That's not... That's not what I did. Nature means why I did it. I tell guys who go through the program, I say, I, I, don't, I could care less what you did. Let's figure out why you did it. Let's figure out the addictive thoughts and actions that kept you chained to making those decisions. Why you cheated on your wife. Why you stole from work. Why you blank, 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 fill in the blanks. Could care less what they are. So that, that fourth and fifth step is not about making a list of things you did wrong and going and telling somebody about them. It's about you checking in to why you did what you did. So that's number six. Number six is scared of steps four and five. So now that I'm about halfway through, let me, let, me, let me recap. All right, tonight's topic, 15 reasons why men struggle with recovery and what to do about it. Number one, they haven't made a decision. Number two, they're not willing to go to any lengths. Number three, what, the, what they believe about their recovery and the lies are being told at 12-step meetings. Number four, they don't understand the first step. Number five, they don't understand the third step. Number six, they're scared of steps four and five. Number seven. They think that clean and sober is good enough, right? Clean and sober is good enough, and my relationships suck. My finances suck. My physical health sucks. My nutrition sucks. I don't do anything in life that makes it fun. Oh, but I can go repeat all the sayings at the meetings. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, I, I, I can repeat all the sayings at the meetings. Um, I was talking to a buddy today, talking to him about, one of the things that I figured out early in my in my recovery going to meetings that I needed more than meetings. You know, go, clean and sober, going to meetings was awesome. Hold on, let me let me get a drink of water. <clears throat> that uh, I went to a twelve step meeting, an NA meeting one time, and and listened to a guy that was fifteen years clean and sober, fifteen years, right? threatened to whip a guy's ass who's been sober about a month. I mean, right there in the meeting. There's another guy that was, was clean and sober six years that kept golf balls in his, in his glove box. So when somebody pissed him off in traffic, he could toss a golf ball out the window. They may be able to tell me how to quit using, but is that the life I want to live? Now, go listen to guys at a meeting and they're almost bragging about how shitty their relationships are. 
Can't ever get along with my wife. All of my kids are addicts. You know, this stuff runs in my family, so we'll just let the kids be addicts. What? I mean, if, if that's the information that you're getting, you better get with somebody that can help you have some better information. Now, listen, I'm not, I'm not kicking 12-step meetings. I'm just telling you, if it's enough for you, that's great. If it's not enough for you and you're getting some mixed messages and you want something that's over and above, it's your responsibility to go out and find it. Whether you connect with us and become part of the Powerless to Powerful Brotherhood, whether you listen to the podcast, go through our programs, whatever. If it's us, great. If it's somebody else, great. If, if whatever. And I'm going to touch on that in just a minute. <clears throat> Number eight of the reasons, of the 15 reasons men struggle with their recovery. The, word, you, the two words, euphoric recall. We still romanticize about how good it was to get high without playing the tape forward. Would I love to have a Bloody Mary? Absolutely. Would I love to smoke a joint? Probably. Uh, would I love those feelings again? Uh, yeah, probably. But let me, let me play the tape forward and, and remember what it was like not to be able to turn it off. Remember what it was like when my hand shook. Remember what it was like to be on prescription medicine and, and bend over and kiss my daughter goodnight, have my feet fall out from under me and land right on top of her in the bed while my, my wife at the time was watching me. There, there's nothing that, I, that will bring me a euphoric recall in my life today that will overwhelm the feelings of disgust that I have about the things that I did because of my addiction. You can have excuses for going back, or you can have reasons for moving forward. One of the worst words in, a, in recovery is the word trigger, right? Oh, it's a trigger. Well, let me tell you what the word trigger means. The word, the word trigger means an opportunity to make a better decision this time. Remember that next time you feel triggered. Too many men have become conditioned to the misery, right? This whole euphoric recall thing, we become comfortable in the misery of addiction and convince ourselves that it's okay. Number nine of the 15 reasons men struggle with recovery from addiction, they are controlled by their emotions. Oh, I don't like to go to meetings. Okay, we'll go anyway. Well, I don't like to work the steps. Okay, well, do it anyway. I, I don't. I don't like. I don't like to open the emails and go through the stuff in the course. Okay, well, do it anyway. Right? Because you got to like the results more than you don't like the things that you got to do to get them. You know, be willing to do what most men want to have what most men don't. You know, the example that I use all the time is, is the exercise example, right? Look at your recovery like a muscle. A lot, of, a lot of guys like to exercise. I'm one of them. I love to exercise, and I like the results for having exercise. 
Well, there are plenty of people who hate to exercise. But guess what? They do it anyway because they like the results for having exercised. Who are the ones that, are, that fail or the ones that don't like it and then don't stick with it long enough to see any results? And then they'll sit around and complain for the results that they don't get for the actions that they don't take. Recovery is not, it's not supposed to feel good all the time. It's painful to get clean and sober, but it's not the kind of pain that's going to kill you like your addiction would. My addiction was going to kill me. I'll go through the pain of getting sober. But here's, what, here's, here's, here's something that will help. Learn to attach positive emotions to the results that you want. That's, that, is, that is absolutely, I should have put that in one of the solutions. That's why, that's why you, you ought to get a chip. I know guys who struggle back and forth with their recovery who never go get a chip. You know, they've bounced around back and forth so many times, they don't want to see anybody get them, don't want anybody to see them get a chip because they think, well, God, I've been seeing him for years. He ought to have four or five years, and, and, you know, there he is getting a nine-month chip. Well, who cares? Get the chip to prove that it works for you and show other people that it can work for them. Number 10 of the 15, you've got to take personal responsibility for two things. You've got to take personal responsibility for your clean date and protect it with your life. July 29, 1999 is my clean date. It's never changed. I protected it with everything that I could protect it with. Time, money, resources. I've spent more money on, on my recovery than you could fathom. You know, one of, the, one of the biggest problems, and, and I didn't put this on the list, and I should have, but I'll throw it in right here. Guys in recovery think everything ought to be free. Well, guess what? It's not. It'll cost you money to put gas in your car and put $2 in the plate at the meeting. I don't know how many tens of thousands of dollars I've spent on my personal growth that has supercharged my life in recovery. So there's two things you gotta you gotta take responsibility for. Number one is your clean date. Protect it with your life. Do what be willing to do whatever it takes to not let that clean date change. And then you gotta you gotta take personal responsibility for your journey. What I do may not work for you. It's my journey. What I do works for me. You gotta figure this thing out. If going to five meetings a week is what it takes, go to five meetings a week. If going to seven is what it takes, go to seven. If going to one and listening to this, my podcast is what it takes and your life gets better because of it, do it. Number 11. Men get bored and complacent with their recovery. 
You go to the same meeting, you hear the, you see the same people, you do the same things. Bored and complacent is never a call backwards. If you get bored with your recovery, that is that is a signal that it's time for you to up the game. Change a meeting, do more. Get a hold of me, go through one of our programs. I mean, hell, I got a I got a 7-day program, I promise you, it'll change your life for 37 bucks. I've got a I've got a uh, a men's mastermind group. I'll go ahead and throw in my commercial here. Our our powerless to powerful men's mastermind group, seven dollars a month. You want to do something different? I post a different video. There's different stuff to download every week. There's something different. If you're bored at the meetings that you're going to, or if there's not enough meetings, you're going to either use that as an excuse to fumble around with your recovery, or you'll get off your ass and find something else to do. Go to powerlessthepowerful.com. Connect with me. i got all kinds of stuff for you to do, and I can promise you you won't be bored. So there's my commercial. You ought to be part of the Powerless to Powerful Brotherhood. Seven bucks a month. Be the best $7 you ever spent, and then go through our Power 7 program. It's a $37 program where you will uh, discover your five top signature strengths, uh, the list of your core values, and the sequence of your personality colors. I mean, it's life-changing stuff. I, I was talking to a buddy today, and we were, you know, I realized in, in, my, in my addiction, I realized in recovery <laughs> that the things that led me into the ditch of my addiction were not understanding what my strengths were and living from a place where, I didn't honor my strengths. I didn't honor my core values. I didn't understand what, what made me unique. You, you heard me mention earlier the, the, the personality color thing. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a red, yellow, blue, green. I know my personality colors. I know Ashley. That's why our relationship kicks ass. We, 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 don't, we don't write fight. We understand each other's personalities. We, under, we know each other's strengths. Makes us great communicators. That's why we've been in a relationship for 20 years. So take ownership of your stuff, guys. Don't get bored and complacent. You know, this, this is, if you're bored with your recovery, it's always a call forward. Go, go, go be a service to somebody else. Maybe beyond meetings, beyond steps, beyond sponsor. Go, go, just go be a service. Go be an example of, of recovery working in your life and for, and, and for your family. Number 12, and this is, this is the board, this is, this is the, the perfect segue to number 11. Right, bored and complacent. Men struggle with recovery when they never transition from taker to giver. When I showed up in, in, in the doors of AA and NA, I had to be a taker. Man, I had to be a consumer of information. I can't give what I don't have. But there's a point in a time where if you're bored going to meetings, you've been going to meetings for a couple of years, and the whole game in your mind is – Oh man, same people, same same message, same thing. There's nothing for me there. Well, you know, it's time for you to learn how to be a giver. And isn't that just 
awesome. I'm sitting here talking on my phone, and I get a text message from my daughter who was at a wedding in, in San Diego congratulating me for 22 years. You know, my kids have grown up with me in recovery. You know, my youngest one was six months old. My daughter, she was uh, seven, eight. It's, you know, my kids have grown up with me in recovery. I mean, this is, this is what we do. Um, so, yeah, you got you to gotta, you gotta transition from taker uh, to giver. Uh, and you can't give what you don't have. Don't go to meetings and, and don't don't show up somewhere and, and be an expert if you know if you're not an expert, right? You get, there there are too many opinions going around. You know, it's it's like Ashley used to say to a person all the time who's who I she used to say when he was giving her advice on how to stay clean and sober. She'd say, you know, I don't I don't need advice from you on what to do to stay clean and sober. If, if I want to learn how to relapse, I'll listen to you, right? Those, are, those, those people, those, those men who, who use the language, well, I've been around this program for 20 years. Okay, well, how long have you been sober? Well, a year, okay. Listen, I'm, I'm not judging anybody's time in recovery. I'm just telling you. Don't screw around. Find the information that you want to create a journey that works for you. And learn to transition from taker to giver. Thirteen, the language you use to and about yourselves. Right? Oh, I'm just an addict. I have a disease. Can't make any right decisions. Okay. Yeah, you can. You just don't. Right, just because you, you just because you have an addiction doesn't give you doesn't give you free license to just make bad decisions. There was a guy who used to come to our aftercare all, group all the time. He and there were two guys that were trying to help him, and every every week he'd come in and say, "Well, I just can't do the right thing." These two guys that were trying to help help him had him convinced he he could never do the right thing. And I told those two guys, I said, "Y'all are killing him." Convince him that he can do the right thing, he just won't. And his life will change. Change the language you use to and about yourself. Don't touch your tail between your legs. Say, oh, I'm just an addict, I've got a disease. It's not what happens, it's what you do about what happens. Be problem aware, solution focused, and willing to act. Number 14. Learn that forgiveness is an all-or-nothing proposition, right? How many of us spent years in our addiction saying, oh, I'm sorry? You know, people around you are tired of hearing you say, I'm sorry, I can promise you. Best of amends, change behavior. What I help guys with in our Power 12 program, when, when they're going through the eighth and ninth step, they, they don't ever go and find somebody and say, I'm sorry. They say, I ask for your forgiveness. And, and let me tell you, forgiveness is an all-or-nothing proposition. If you are going through the steps and you are fixing to ask somebody for their forgiveness, yet you are holding a resentment against somebody else, how can you expect somebody to forgive you when you won't forgive somebody else? Boom. The answer is they won't. 
If you're holding on to resentments and you ask somebody to forgive you and you're trying to figure out why they won't, guess what? Learn that forgiveness is an all-or-nothing proposition. Number 15. We made it to the end of the list. Men struggle with their recovery because they don't understand principles before personalities. Right? It's why, why guys will, will listen to my podcast and be so connected to AA and NA. And, and I get it, man. I, I get it. And they think that what I talk about is something other than the 12-step programs, and it's not. And I'm talking about principles. I'm talking about a principle-based way of living that AA and NA does not hold the legal rights to. Right? Principles means undeniable truths Too many guys get offended when they go to a meeting because somebody pisses them off. Well, maybe you needed to listen to what the principle behind what that guy was saying instead of his personality. Again, take ownership of, of your clean date. Take ownership of your journey. Take ownership of, of the people that you connect with, that you follow, that you put on your team. You know, I, I would tell you, Surround yourself with guys who help you raise your expectation. Put together an expectation group. <clears throat> Find a couple of guys that you can tell the truth to until you figure out what the truth is. Find a couple of guys that you can tell them you'll show up somewhere or you'll call them at 9 o'clock and call them at 9 o'clock, right? Because you'll never learn to keep commitments to yourself if you don't learn to keep them with others. You'll never learn to tell yourself the truth until you learn to tell the truth to others. You'll never learn how to forgive yourself until you learn how to forgive others. All right, so we've talked about the 15 reasons. Let's talk about the solutions. And we'll roll through these pretty quick here. Number one, take an honest self-appraisal of where you are. An honest, non-judgmental self-appraisal of where you are. Right? We can't figure out where we're going if we don't figure if we can't figure out where we are. You heard me mention the eight key areas. Right, write these eight key areas down. Personal growth, relationships, finances, physical wellness, mental clarity, nutrition, recreation, spiritual connection, and life's purpose. And put a number around where you feel you are in your life. If your personal growth is your recovery, what number between 1 and 10 would you put beside your recovery as you say where your current circumstances are? It's a 1, 2, 3, got some work to do. Looking at your relationships, number 1, but 1 to 10. Finances, 1 to 10. Take an honest self-appraisal of where you are. Run it, run, I mean, if you're listening live, I, there will be a recording of this, so you can go back and write those down. Connect with us at PowerlessToPowerful.com. I'll get, you, I'll get you the eight key areas exercise. It's a pretty cool little deal. Write down a number beside each of, of the eight key areas. 
between one and ten, and and there there's your honest self non-judgmental self appraisal. If your relationships are a three, you know if, if if you rate your recovery as a seven or an eight, and your relationships and your finances and your physical health are all twos and threes, you got some work to do. It would suck to get clean and sober and be a superstar in recovery and die of a heart attack or a stroke because you don't quit smoking. Drink too much coffee. You don't exercise. Over the last couple of decades, I've seen it happen to plenty plenty of people. Solution number one, take an honest self-appraisal. Number two, have have a vision for the results that you want to create. This is this is past that one day at a time thing, right? What do I want? What do I want my life to look like as a husband or a father or a businessman? What do I want my my spiritual life to look like? That's bigger than just me going to church and thinking that my spiritual life is awesome because the preacher knows my name when I shake his hands. I tell you, it's bigger than that. Have a vision for the for the results that you want to create, and then make a decision to create them. Be willing to go to any lengths to create them. Be willing to pivot when necessary and persist because a vision for the life you want to create, if you have a vision for it and God has you partnered with God on your vision, it's willing to pivot. It's, it's willing for you to pivot, make course adjustments, and persist. Solution number three, create an action plan. Have a simple system. Simple system is an easily understood method of action. Create an action plan. Looking at the eight key areas, right? My relationships are a two. What are seven, what what is something, what is one thing that I can do for the next seven days that will raise my relationship with my wife from a two to a three? What is one action I can take? And, And, you know, pick an area. You're going to raise a number from blank to blank and pick a time frame. And then one action that you'll commit. Grab a journal and write about it. You know, we've got available in the, in the, the uh, mastermind group. You know, again, it's just 7 bucks a month. We've got a 30-day men's journal in there. Go in there, download the journal. Write in there that you're going you're gonna to commit to one action that will better your relationship with your wife, and you're going to commit to that for seven days. And, and don't, don't worry about the results as much as you worry about making sure that the actions, you take the actions, you have a vision for the results, you take the actions, and the results will follow. So we're going to have an honest self-appraisal. We have a vision for what we want to create. We're going to create an action plan. Simple system, right? An easily understood organized method of action. Have a time frame. At the end of the time frame, right? Seven. And, and hell, you can do it for a day. <clears throat> but at the end of the time frame, evaluate your results. Make your course adjustments. You know, you're back to having an honest self-appraisal again, right? I mean, it's pretty easy. It's four things. Figure out where I am. 
have a vision for I want, where I want to go, create an action plan, do it for a time frame that you, you control, and then evaluate your results. You either got there or you didn't. And if the vision is worth making it a reality, if you didn't get there, you'll change the action plan. That's what I'm talking about, pivot. So I'm going to throw in number five here. You supercharge your results doing two things. So there's the, the four things in the solution, right? I am going to honest self-appraisal, vision for what I want to create, create an action plan, evaluate the results, and then number five, to supercharge your results, do two things. Number one, surround yourself with a brotherhood of men who can help you believe that you can do it. Why? Because they have, right? And back to that expectations thing. Raise your expectations. Be around men who help you raise your expectations of yourself. Discover the truth by being willing to tell the truth. And then get guidance from somebody who's getting the results that you want, right? I didn't want the guidance from the guy who'd been 15 years clean and sober who was going to whip somebody's ass at a meeting. That's not the guidance I want. <clears throat> guidance I want is, is from a guy that is a great husband, is a great father, is a great businessman, is he perfect at it? No, absolutely not. But that's what we're doing at Powerless to Powerful. You want guidance from, from, from some experts, you can connect with us. Um, surround yourself with the Brotherhood of Men. Join our Powerless to Powerful Brotherhood. Like I said, seven bucks a month. Uh, you can find information. Powerless, go to www.powerlesstopowerful.com forward slash phase two mastermind. Uh, got some pretty awesome stuff in there. So that is the 15 reasons and uh, and what to do about it. So um, I've been at it for a while. Uh, I, I want to keep this short and sweet, but I am uh, I'm going to open up the lines if anybody's got any questions or comments on the topic. Um, you, know, you can say that you loved it or you hated it. I really don't care. Star six will unmute your phone. Uh, if you've got a question or uh, a comment, I'd love to hear what you what you want to talk about. So, you can unmute yourself by hitting star six, and if we don't have anybody that wants to jump out, we will uh, we'll call this thing a wrap. So, uh, star six will unmute your phone. I must have done a good job explaining the information. Hey, Mark, this is Carson. Uh-oh, there's one. What's up, brother? How are you? Man. Yeah, it, was, uh, it was a great, great topic tonight. Uh, yeah, I won't go through all of them. I'll, I'll be kind of quick, but obviously uh, number one was number one for a reason. Uh, 
you know, making making that decision. And that's, uh, you know, I was a avid relapser. Uh, I never fully committed uh, to being sober or uh, working a program and strengthening my recovery. And uh, that's why I kept falling back. You know, I, I didn't have a group of men that kept me accountable. I just kind of floated around and uh, hoped that everything would get better, uh, knowing deep down that I hadn't made that decision or gotten to that point where, uh, you know, I, I was sick and tired of, of living and feeling the way that I was. So uh, a wise man told me one time, which you may know him, um, he said, you know, you've, you've got a decision. And he used an example he put, said there's a salt shaker in the middle of the table you can have everything in the world you just can't have that and the decision is yours uh and i made the decision that i wanted everything that life and god had to offer me uh and that i was done uh with my addiction and i decided that day i put the bottle down and i do i remember i went to a meeting not long after that, and I picked up a 24-hour chip, and I texted uh, my sponsor now and said I just picked up my last 24-hour chip. And, you know, that is important. You know, grabbing chips, um, like you said, uh, I, I was one of those guys that was bashful and, and, and didn't do that because uh, I was worried about what people thought, uh, how long I had been going to meetings and um so yeah i mean that was a uh, great topic tonight i just want to throw that out there making the decision is uh obviously it was it was number one for me and number one on the list tonight so uh well it's, it's I, interesting yeah I, I was in a I was reading something in one of these uh social media groups the other day guy was talking about had he had a whole drawer full of white chips and I just asked him the question, why the hell would you keep them all? I mean, you want to open up the drawer and remind yourself of all the times you failed? I mean, I, I told him, I, I, and it's just my opinion, I said, you want to throw them all away. Go get one and make it the last one you're ever going to get. But to, but to, open, but to come into a group and pat yourself on the back because you've got a whole drawer full of white chips, I mean, come on, dude. Right, yeah, absolutely. And, I, you know, I made the decision that day. That was the last one I was getting. And, you know, pro I, I told somebody because that, uh, you know, that's one thing that I've realized in my program is being accountable to others uh, helps me be accountable to myself. So Absolutely. Anyway, great, great group tonight. Glad I was uh, able to make it. And thanks, Mark, for uh, sharing all your knowledge. Awesome stuff, brother. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. All right, anybody else? Going once, going twice. You know, I went a little long. I got to, I can get long-winded, and, and uh, but there, there was a lot of content in our deal tonight. So, um, Hey, Mark, anybody this else? is uh, Mac. You still there? Hey, brother Mac. How are you, man? Oh, I can't complain. I'm... Uh, just two things that really popped out at me. Uh, 
I can't remember exactly what you said about triggers, um, whether it's an excuse or, or what the verbiage you used. But uh, I always hated that word because, to be honest, everything in the world is, is damn near a trigger for me. You know, because I right. can conjure up some type of excuse for my eggs, you know, my, my yolks weren't runny enough this morning, you know, I, I didn't get there in time. You know, I can come up with any type of excuse um, to make something a trigger. Um, so I like how you, you know, you brought that up. And then... Yeah, the, 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 and, I, and I'll tell you what it was. It was the, my definition of trigger is an opportunity to make a better decision. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I, I, I've, uh, I've constantly presented or, you know, walked up to situations to where, you know, and, and, cause, and then you brought up, you know, decision. I, I've always thought, you know, especially in the last, you know, few years that I've been trying to get a hold of this thing, um, uh, that I was totally incapable of making the correct decision. Um, uh, right. So it was kind of bittersweet when, when you when you said that. You know, it was nice to hear, you know, like um, somebody say it, but, you know, it, it hurts to know, like, you know, that I, I'm not that stupid. You know what I'm saying? I can make good decisions. I just choose not to most of the time. Um, um, so those are my two big takeaways, but uh, I appreciate you. And those are two really big ones, and, uh, and I appreciate you being here as well. So, Matt, Congratulations on your time, man. It's uh, good stuff. Keep uh, keep on rocking. Anybody else? Going once, going twice. Well, that's it. We're gonna shut her down. This is uh, this is Mark Mascola. I'm signing off for Powerless to Powerful Live. Guys, go out there and be part of the Powerless to Powerful Brotherhood www.powerless2powerful.com forward slash phase two mastermind seven bucks a month you'll you if you like the content uh, that you're getting here uh, you'll be blown away by what you get there so um, that is uh, that's it for uh, for this so y'all have a great day or a great night wherever you are in the world you absolutely deserve it and uh, don't just recover go to go from powerless to powerful, and to go out and be the best, most powerful version of yourself personally and professionally in every area of your life. So all good here. Uh, man, going to, going to bed clean and sober again, starting uh, starting 22 years and a day, and, uh, and it's, a, it's a good thing. So have a great day. Love you guys. Talk to you soon.